Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long good morning, listeners. Good morning, listeners. You have reached the Voices of the Wars uh Cannabis uh, Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show, where we are trying to bring you the news right from the front lines. And today we got a huge show planned for you. Um, you know, last week we talked about jury nullification. So I just want to, before we get into this show, is urge everybody to make sure you listen to last week's show. It's very, very important. Um, but this show, um, first I would also want to tell you guys that this show is brought to you by uh, volunteers. Um, we don't get paid to do this show right now. CCHI is sponsoring our show um and this morning we've got myself we've got mindy griffith who's the producer we've got eugene fisher as a host who served 25 years of a life sentence for cannabis and then we've got adam and we've got tony here in live with me um right now hosting the show because yes um they are big fans and friends of our first guest today her name is going to be stephanie hart and stephanie hart is an advocate for Washington on so many different levels. Um, I'm going to let you guys tell you what they are, but she's running for 46th district representative. Not only that, but she's behind an an initiative, I-1419. That's the Washington Cannabis Patient Reform Act. And she's going to tell us her concerns about Washington incarceration and how this initiative is going to help, um, help keep people free from not going to prison for a plant. And she's just going to talk to us a little bit about ending prohibition and what she's up to and maybe how other people can get active all across the nation and be able to be up in the front lines representing the plant, the plant through the court, not necessarily just the court system, but the whole, the whole system period. So um, stay tuned. She's going to be our first guest. We're going to hear from her in a couple minutes. Um, after her, we've got our regular Craig Cecil, who is serving his 13th year of his life sentence for cannabis. And he's going to be calling in like he always does every week at 9:30 to tell us what's going on in prison and how he feels about our current laws and what's going on. So you don't want to miss to hear Craig. And you know, it's a very special part when Craig calls in because he risks going on lockdown in order to call. And, you know, lockdown, we had did a show a couple of weeks ago about lockdown and it's a very miserable place to be. Um, and Craig risks it just to get his voice heard on our show. So stay tuned to just especially find out what Craig has to say. Um, and at 945, we're going to hear from a POW, um, ex-POW. Well, he's a current POW because he's actually still on probation. And his name is George Monterano. George Monterano is one of the bestest friends of Eugene Fisher. George spent 33 years of a life sentence in cannabis and was just freed within the last six months or so. And he calls into our show every week to tell us what he's up to in his life and what freedom is feeling like. I um, mean, so you don't want to miss his segment. He's been he's been calling in late because he's been riding a horse. He's been going horseback riding every Sunday morning. So he's been calling in at the end of the show. But Eugene told us earlier that he found a way to call in right from the horse. So, 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so check that out. It's going to be extra special. And then at 10 o'clock, we're going to talk to a, a special friend of mine and a special friend to our lifers. His name is Jeff Eichen. And um, he is working on a documentary called Lifers, where he's trying to get the the voices of the cannabis war out there through vis- visual, uh, visual, a movie. So um, we're going to hear from him. He's got a song he wants to sing. He's got a friend who wrote a song about our lifers, and they're going to sing it live on our show. Um, but he's also got a special present for everybody. A special guest is coming on our show. And I, I know who it is, but I can't tell anybody because I promised Jeff I wouldn't. But you're going to be so excited to hear from the special guest. Maybe I'll give you guys a couple hints throughout the show. I don't know, but um, you go ahead and stay tuned because we have a huge, huge show planned. After, after, um, after we talk to Jeff Eichen, we're going to talk to a couple of our regular guests, like Tom Corby, the Northern California Chapter Coordinator for the Human Solution International. Uh, we might be talking to Stephanie Landa, but I doubt it because Stephanie's son just went to prison for a plant, and she's visiting him. So. Um, she just wants everybody to know that she's going to be at the High Times Cup raising commissary um, for our prisoners um, through the uh, Freedom Grow. If you want to make a donation to Prisoners Commissary, you can go to freedomgrow.org. You get a non it's a nonprofit, so you'll be able to get a tax credit on that. So if she doesn't call in, please um, just stay tuned. We're hoping to maybe do a couple pre-recorded calls with her because her visiting with her son um, coincides with the radio show right now. So. Um, we're got a huge show planned for you guys. And first, we want to get our the other host of the show, Eugene Fisher. Good morning, Eugene. How are you today? I know how you are. Why don't you tell the listeners? Uh, well, uh, I've got the shingles, <laughs> which all of a sudden hit me ter- terrible pain. But I want to tell you a little story about what happened because uh, I, I I think stories can, you know express things sometimes better than anything else. Uh, my my good friend, my brother, my co-defendant, Randy Lania, picked me up yesterday to see the doctor and then took me to the pharmacy to pick up some meds. And we get in the pharmacy and he just looks at me and I look at him and he says, it's something that's amazing, isn't it? We're out. We're no longer incarcerated. Three decades. Wow. Going to the third decade. 25 for me, 27 years for him. And we, we just shook hands and said, yeah, we grew to be old men while we were in prison. And... And now the country is finally beginning to realize that it's the stupidest policy there is, and we're changing positions on on marijuana completely. But it's sort of fit to give us the most severe sentence there was, a a life sentence. And honestly, Christian, while you're in there doing it, you don't think about it, you know, you don't say, oh, my God, my poor self. But you know you're not going to get out. You know they don't want you to get out ever. You know, I mean, you really feel that. And you feel, you say to yourself, who doesn't want me out? 
And it's the United States of America versus you. United States of America versus Eugene Fisher. And I used to say to myself, I I don't think the United States of America is against me. Some combination of satanic laws or something else. But that was that was thing thing that happened yesterday. A little little sequence in our lives, a little something. I mean, we just looked at each other and said, "Wow." And I think it's I think it's so sweet that like you guys got in trouble together, went to prison together, and got released early out of your life sentences together. Now you guys are in the same town together, helping each other when you're sick. Like that's a it touches my heart so much to hear that you guys, you in your stories, you always tell me about you and Randy and stuff. It's just so your 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 guys' friendship touches my heart. Christian, there's a brotherhood and sisterhood of people who've done time that's hard to express. Uh, every time one of the one prisoner gets released, it's like. A block, a weight has been released from me. You know, uh, when I found out Ron Farah, he did, he called me up. I hadn't heard from him in ten years. He called what? me up, you know, and and all of a sudden, and he wants me to do something. I was going to do it with with the president's presidential commission, and all of a sudden, I get a message. He's he's getting presidential clemency, and that happens. Billy Deagle, the one right before that, and I can go on and tell these stories one after another. We're getting 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 them out one by one. Uh, and, no, but I no just pers- I want I want the listeners to know to to know that thing. Here we just looked at each other. In in this walking into this pharmacy with all these colors, the CVS pharmacy with all these colors with their advertisements of all kinds of things, all this life, and we said, "My God, we're actually out of the tomb. We're actually out of the grave." Oh wow, wow. Well, Eugene, yeah. um, we're gonna we've got our, our our first guest on the line right now. Her name is Stephanie, and I I have you know I've been on the front lines with Stephanie and she believes what we believe in and that's that nobody should ever go to jail or die for a plant and she's got she's fighting like crazy to be able to represent that in an initiative that she's trying to get passed in Washington and in a in a a place in or a place in her community where she can represent have her voice heard so I'm gonna put her on the line and we're gonna find out what she's up to. Good. Let's hear from Stephanie. I'm trying to unmute her. My oh, there she goes. Good morning, Stephanie. We got me, you, and then Tony and Adam, um, two of your biggest fans and bestest friends here. And how are you today? I'm doing good this morning. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. So you you've been pretty busy lately. Oh my gosh! Like you wouldn't believe. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff is changing here in Washington State. How are you? This is Eugene. 
Good morning, Eugene. It's so good to hear your voice. <laughs> it's so good to hear someone like you that is for changing these political, these stupid political thing, things we're caught up in. Well, it's it's a group effort, and uh, you know we're all trying to do our part together. You, Kristen, Tony, Adam, everybody who's listening right now and might be listening in the future to get themselves educated on what's really going on and why it needs to change because it's just, you know, wasting so much time and money and people's lives with with this big mess. So, yeah. I, so, I think you said it right about, you know, it's it, it, what's really going on. Stephanie, can you tell me, what do you think about the American public understanding things? Do they have the capability of really understanding, or do they they fall for the lies? And, and, yeah. and can we change it? You know, it's a we've still got reefer madness. <laughs> it's 2016, and you've still got older generations freaking out because of reefer madness. The middle generations freaking out because of the Dare program that was implemented to try to scare everybody to death about the use of cannabis. And still, even to this day, when we've seen it be proved effective for medical treatment, we've seen statistics that nobody's actually overdosed on it, probably one of the safest substances there is for people to be using medically or recreationally, and we still have all these restrictions from people to be able to use it, and they're scared to death. And so they just don't want to touch it because they go, okay, well, if I do this or if I do that, then it's going to end me up in a place where, you know, I won't be able to do my day-to-day. So, you know, the people who do choose to use cannabis usually do it, you know, on a dime and a prayer, hoping that they don't get caught because the laws are so complicated. They don't make it easy for people to understand you know, how how to actually properly use it and what their rights are. And I think that people have a whole lot more rights than they are led to believe. But systematically, we aren't taught to know what those rights are. Because if we don't know what those <laughs> rights are, then they have the upper hand, right? So, right. So you're, you're uh, writing for Representative 46th District. Um, yeah. How... That sounds to me like you're fighting for people to get these rights. Well, how is that? How is that going to affect if you're elected? How is that going to? What? What? How is that going to help our cannabis community? Well, you know, five years ago, when the medical cannabis industry was still, you know, kind of budding and beginning like this new wave, um, it used to be very easy to go down to Olympia and sit down and have a conversation with your senator or with your representative and speak to them about what was going on because nobody else would. <laughs> most, most of the time people were, were scared to have the conversation because they thought it put them at risk. Well, after 502 passed and there was a corporate interest gained in Washington State, it really changed the game. It really changed the conversation. And since then, we've had a lot of big money interests coming in to try to squash the market 
which has really pushed out the community from the community. Um, and it's made it really, really difficult to get in contact with your representatives and actually have a conversation with them because they're booked out really, really far to talk to these corporate people. And the community's voice isn't getting heard. <laughs> you know, I used to be able to call and say, hey, I'm coming in next week. They'd say, great, we're looking forward to see you. And now that, you know, I just, I haven't gotten that type of response. So we're booked out for a very long time trying to get next session. So last year, I became a lobbyist and tried to have conversations with senators and representatives. And I, I was told because I was a new lobby group and because I didn't have the adequate funds behind me that they weren't going to waste their time talking to me and hearing me out. And it really ticked um, me off. Wow. And so yeah, we're said, all sitting here like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I said, by golly, okay, well, medical, they've, they've forced out. And could I stand my ground, stay open, and, you know, continue to, to, to bring it to them? Absolutely. But you know what? I think somebody running for office in this state is really going to change the game in a different way to where they can't ignore us anymore. You know, they just try to shut wow. us out, big corporate interests. You know, if, if a member of our community is able to get onto the other side of the fence, they don't have a choice but to acknowledge the conversation that I bring to the table. <laughs> and I we got to vote for you. That. We got to vote for you. <laughs> Go, Stephanie. Wow. That, is, that, that gave me goosebumps when you said that. Did you guys goosebumps? Yeah. Tony, too. Tony too. Good. Okay, so you're okay. You're also you're running for pre, the representative of the 46th district. Like I'm gonna call you a superhero woman for that. But you're also got an initiative 1419 that you're that you're behind. Um, that's the Washington State Cannabis Patient Reform Act. Um, you're trying to change also things through through an initiative. Can you tell us more about that too? Sure. So. Um, 1419 was based on a lot of different language that patients within the community and community members have collectively written over the last several years. Um, it, it started with the Rick Smith Memorial Act and that, you know, didn't quite get the momentum we needed. Yeah. Um, and then, and then last, last year we did 1372 which is great until 5052 squashed it. So then we needed new legislation. So we looked at everything that got passed through last year and then combined everything to try to undo all of this stuff that happened in last year's session. So in 1419, what this would do, it, it creates protection from arrest and prosecution first and foremost because that's been the biggest issue that we have is why that means the that we won't have some... plant prisoners. That means exactly. no more plant prisoners. Wow. That means wow. no more plant prisoners. The pr protection from arrest and prosecution is basically saying, okay, we legalized it in this state. Let's make it really legal instead of a contingency. Let's say, no, it's legal all the way. Just, just like anything else you buy at the groceries, lettuces, cucumbers. Right. <laughs> Whatever, you know, it's just For a sure. plan. That's, that's how that's how we're in pro. That's what it means to end prohibition. When you can buy it in the grocery store, like a plant, like you, this, exactly like you said. <laughs> so we're so hoping to people, do that. How can people find the? 
Well, I was just well, curious at your reaction to and and your thoughts on the fact that we're the biggest mass incarcerating nation in the world, and the biggest single thing that can be done to start to change that picture is totally legalized marijuana. The moral weight of that seems so great. Can you give give us your ideas on that? Well, I think that somebody needs to lead by example and that there are too many people, their hand out, trying to figure out how they can make money off of it. And I think private prisons have a whole lot to do with that. And I think that, you know, uh, medication companies might also have something to do with that as well. In the most simple form of the public public prison systems of the federal and state state systems themselves, a lot of jobs there, Stephanie. Well, <laughs> I had a patient when I had my collective who was out from prison for the first time at 56 years old he's going to school for the first time learning to uh, write because he wanted to write down his story and tell people about his life and the things that he had been through and somehow it's pretty much set up to keep people there not teach them skills to get them out or incentivize them to get them out um, there's some type of uh, a rate, I forget what they call it, but it's the likelihood of them to return to prison after they leave. And a huge recidiv- portion of this... Recidivism. Yes, recidivism. So the recidivism of the, the uh, prisoners where he was at was nearly 75%. And a huge portion of that is because they have urinalysis tests in which they'll say, okay, if you have anything in your system whatsoever, cannabis included, we're going to stick you back away. And the thing is, is cannabis is not harmful, and it's going to stay in your system longer than anything else. So some will go out and do another type of recreational drug that may be more harmful, and that has a trickle-down effect. But the people who are the most peaceful, in my opinion who are using cannabis are still being punished for it to a 75% rate. That's huge. And I, I would say a large, large portion of that has to do with uh, cannabis. And it's just, it's totally wrong in every single way. Stephanie, I feel like there was a Stephanie in every single town across the nation and prohibition would be over. <laughs> <laughs> so how, like, if... If somebody was like listening to you and inspired watching you, like saying, "Oh, this is so magical!" Like she's really ending prohibition. How would somebody be able to do that in their community? You know, if everything seems like it's, I mean, in Washington, you know, it seems like everything's against us. But there's there's towns and cities where it's way worse than Washington. How would somebody, you know, do what you're doing and and run for an office to be a representative or to to initiate an initiative? How could people? 
how could people follow your lead? Well, um, on the initiative side of things, there are copies of the initiative. Um, Kurt Ludden is the campaign manager for 1419, and through CompassionateUseWa.com, I believe that's the website, you can reach out to Kurt directly, and he can send PDF files of the language of 1419 out to you directly to have you print out those initiatives. And something that would be super helpful is people gathering signatures because we need them from all over the state, not just in Seattle, but everywhere where cannabis laws are, are not ideal, right? So if you wanted to get involved, you could print out those. You could stand outside the Safeway, you know, talk to your friends and family. If you get five signatures, 10 signatures, 20 signatures, and everybody is doing that from all over the state, that really adds up really quickly. Um, so that would be a huge help. Tony has a question for you real quick. So can sure. you tell us all how long is the initiative going for and what's the deadline for uh, gathering signatures? Oh, gosh. I think that the deadline is – the deadline is in July. It is, I okay. believe, the 8th oh, of July. Wow. And here's the the hurdle with an initiative. Every year you have to get more signatures, and I believe it's around 230,000 signatures across the state of Washington. Well, so, I'm 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 challenging I'm challenging us us three together together me and Tony and Adam to maybe get out there one of these days and and gather some up to help out a little bit too. So um, let's plan something for that, you guys. We need that. <laughs> we all need we'll help. that, really. You know, like, I just, I want to see things different. I thought, you know, when I when I first graduated from high school, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, okay, pot's going to be definitely legal in, like, five years. Five years rolls around, still not legal, it's still not legal. Well, people just, um, I think a lot of people don't like to pay attention to politics. <laughs> you know, you told, don't talk <laughs> politics or religion with people. It's just not good. So I think a lot of people <laughs> yeah, ignore yeah. it. <laughs> but when we have a huge <laughs> pressing issue, something as simple as <clears throat> cannabis legalization, you really have to get vocal and you have to get involved and you have to get heard. And if that means starting with a simple conversation with one of your friends or family members that's uncomfortable talking about it, bring it up until they're comfortable talking about it, <laughs> you know. We have the conversation because we have to educate everyone around us, our friends, family, neighbors, just to get educated. And once you do get educated on it, and if you do want to get more involved, you know, I was, most people don't rep, run for representative straight off the bat. I got a wild hair, so I decided, what the heck, why not? But you can start in a smaller position um, locally as a, a CPO. Or, you know, volunteer at City Hall, wherever you're, you're living. See if you can get an administrative job and then, like, work your way up, you know. And then when you build those relationships and those bonds, then you become a friend and a colleague of these people. And you're not just Joe Schmo off the street that comes with all of that reefer madness and dare um, perspective to warp the conversation before you have a chance or an opportunity to even have it. 
Um, so, Stephanie, I just want to let you know it's 927, and at any point we can be um, interrupted by Craig Cecil, who's serving a life sentence. So if he makes that phone call, we'll just basically abruptly end this this one. So it could just come to an end quick. So I just want to let you know in advance. Um, no but I, I want to say one thing. I've watched you. You're so you're so well spoken and so you look so nice and you're so presentable, and you have such a nice personality. In fact, I, I wanted to tell you I was really honored to be able to share a stage with you at Canacon and to just be able to watch you speak at the Hemp Fest here and there. Um, so I just want to tell you that you know I look up to you and I think we all do and I I support everything that you're up to and I I feel like everybody in Washington should follow you and vote for you and um, sign your initiative and because I really do feel like you're trying to lead us into a, a really good direction and I know in this movement it's hard sometimes to find direction but you make it very very clear and I like that thank you I know, and I, I, know uh, someone, I, I know as someone that's worked in the healthcare community and and uh, with these patients and a patient myself that you've been a, a vocal person for us and a, and a loud voice um, and have fought for us. Um, so we very much appreciate what you do, Steph, and the sacrifices that you have made for uh, us. Thank you very much. That was um, from Tony, our listeners. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, is there anything you have any final thoughts, Stephanie, um, as we wait for Craig to call in that you'd like our listeners to know? Like read where they can find you. Read, okay. If, if you, you sound like my dad. If, if you got the time to do it, read. Um, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions about the war on drug is the uh, Controlled Substances Act, and a lot of times things get passed into law that maybe shouldn't, and and people have tried to challenge it. And they probably have the right to challenge it. But if you know what you're getting into ahead of you, then it's a little bit easier to be prepared um, for more shaky outcome. So some, some, so be prepared. That's yeah, be prepared, model. read. <laughs> yeah, and if you live in a state that has any cannabis legislation, you know, it's it takes a second to get used to, but, like, you can go to uh, accesswashington.com and you can do a search within their database and it'll give you all of the, the laws that have ever been passed on cannabis. And as of, I don't know, maybe the last couple of years, it's, it's maybe 50 pages total, which it's legal speak. So it takes a little bit of time to wrap your head around it, but if you can have it printed out. All right, you guys, out, we got, we got, um, we got Craig calling in. You have about 20 seconds to finish your thoughts, and then he'll be he'll be on. But I'm going to answer the other line while you finish your thoughts. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it as a reference guide and be able to refer back to it so you can be um, aware of what's going on in your your hometown. Okay, Stephanie. Thank you very much for coming yeah. on our show. Thank you for what you do. Uh, and as uh, a good friend of mine, the superintendent of education in Washington, D.C., told me once, we've got to break the cradle-to-grave syndrome we've what got now. We've got, we've, listeners, we've got Craig Cecil serving his 13th year of his life sentence for cannabis 
on the line straight from prison live with us right now. Good morning, Craig. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm looking out the window through a set of bars at a guard tower. (laughs) Good morning, Craig. Probably not you, too. Good morning, Gene. (laughs) And, uh, well, the the age of this prison is is foremost today because it's in the mid-90s here and probably pretty close to 100% humidity. (laughs) Wow. Years ago, they bricked over most of the windows, so it's it's quite oppressive in the buildings here. That's in uh, Terry Hot, Indiana. Yes, it is. At the moment, it is. Wow. Forecast to be for the next few days. Wow. Well, I'm I'm sitting here I'm sitting here, Craig, with Tony and Adam, and we're just admiring your sacrifices. Tony said thank you so much. She well, said she's so sorry. Unfortunately, it wasn't by my choice. <laughs> 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 they brought me here in uh, chains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Craig, you Dean is sick. I can. I'm sorry. Craig. I said you Dean is sick. Yes. Craig, I, I, Randy Lanier, my my co-defendant and and brother, took me. Uh, to 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 the pharmacy yesterday, and we got in the pharmacy and looked at each other and said, "Wow, are we really out here free?" It was the funniest expression. I know you can uh, uh, see what I mean. And and we said we we well, said I'm to each other, "Well, I'm hoping I can experience what you." <laughs> You are, Craig. You, you are. You're going to experience it. We're you going to will. Look, I want to meet you someday, you Craig. We're all going to meet Craig, it'll happen. I it, sure hope it, so. It, you know, when we were doing our time, both of us felt, and anyone who does, who's a lifer feels this, that it's not going to end, but it does. You might become an old well, man in the closet. Hope alive. Yes. <laughs> it, it it'll happen. And 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 the w- weird thing is, you'll say, and the whole nation has changed now on uh, its views, and they incarcerated incarcerated me all those years for something that's legal now. That's the wild part of it. This call is from a federal prison. That's what I just hear from so many people, especially around the prison, that, you know, people got to think about you when they go to all these rallies and everybody walks around amongst the policemen smoking marijuana and well, just nobody cares anymore. Well, you know what? When they come to rallies in Washington, me and Tony and Adam and Mindy, we're all holding your sign everywhere we go. So they see your sign. They see your face. They know you're there. And they know you're serving life, and they sign your letters, and we all want you out. So you're going to be out. I, I, I just know Obama is going to pardon you. I just know he is. I just know he is going to do it soon. We've we've got our hearts set on it. We're working for it. Well, thank you, and I I believe that the pardon attorney's office, you know, through all those letters and all that correspondence, that that is setting my petition apart from the i believe there's about 11 or about 13,000 now sitting well, in that office <laughs> but mine mine will surely stand apart because of your actions and the actions of everybody that's written those letters 
For sure, for sure. Well, Craig, today the um, the topic of the show is is um, it's just an open mic. We had a, we already had a guest. Her name was Stephanie Hart, and Stephanie's running for representative of forty sixth district, and she's got an initiative in Washington that would keep people out of prison and. She's just really good. So um, I, we're just, you know, whatever you want to talk about today, whatever's on your mind, um, it's open mic. So we don't have a real specific focus. Well, but we'd love to know how you've been doing. Well, the prison, like I say, other than being hot and oppressive, and being hot and oppressive has kind of slowed things down. So it's been a little slow moving the last few days. But uh, there's been no... No major major disruptions, and it's been almost a week now since I've had to eat turkey bologna. So <laughs> that that's a well, good measure, I think. <laughs> well, that's definitely good. I, I swear, I, I bet when you get out of prison, you are probably gonna never eat a bologna sandwich the rest of your life. I just don't uh, think you're gonna ever eat one. I I, I would bet on that, and I can't imagine <laughs> me ever going. At a grocery store and buys turkey bologna. <laughs> <laughs> never. I haven't done uh, it since I've been out. I never would. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably shies away from uh, beans and rice. We see an awful lot of that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. There's still, there's still some hope alive in Washington, D.C. that... Uh, there may be that more and more congressmen are looking at, you know, what are we going to do about our, our failed war on drugs? And this morning, now I'm not a TV watcher, but there's, uh, I did watch a little bit of the CNN news this morning. And maybe you guys have seen this before, but there was a commercial on TV uh, rallying against mass incarceration and incarceration without rehabilitation. The commercial was sponsored by Coke Industries and the Coke Brothers. And oh, wow. I've never seen I've never seen it in that mainstream you know, mainstream forum before, but this was like a full thirty second commercial, uh, railing against mass incarceration and why are we putting these pr- people in prisons and, you know, not rehabilitating them and not giving them advantages and all that when they come back out. Um I mean that that one really floored me. I'd never even heard of anything like that before. But that tells you that you know criminal justice. Uh, the Koch brothers are willing to spend some of their amounts of money to buy those commercials. So I mean the the right people are taking an interest in this. I, I think it's an expression. It's an expression, Craig, that our cause is so right that the right is coming around to where the left is on it. Everyone is agreeing something is dramatically wrong and must be changed. I agree. It seems to be that both sides agree. They just, maybe they're afraid to agree with each other, but... um, This call is from a federal prison. My fight is that, at least under federal criminal law, Almost all violent crimes only carry up to 20 years. Assault with a deadly weapon resulting in serious physical injury carries up to 20 years in prison. Genocide, the killing of a group of people, carries up to 15 years. 
the killing or injuring of a group of people. But yet marijuana carries life. Now, there's something wrong with that, and I, I think that, you know, an open-minded person looking at that would see there's something wrong with that if we could only get our lawmakers to say, we need to fix this. And I I think the, the lawmakers are, are starting to listen, and it's looks to me from what I saw on TV this morning that the Koch brothers' money is even getting behind it. That could make a big difference. Yeah, that, 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 hello, yeah. That, you're definitely right. It, it, it's hard to believe that people have not noticed that there are people getting life sentences for marijuana. It, I think I think it's, it's right, don't you? Oh, I think so, and I, I'm sure you experienced the same thing as me, where inmates and staff members alike, you know, will, will single you out and you know point to you and say, "Are you the one that has life for marijuana, and you have no priors?" Because you and I were in the same situation there, and I, I'm sure that that situation happened to you as it's happened to me many times. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Amy told me she stood in front of the White House with the free Craig Cecil sign and, and some of the signs of others, and she said people from the Justice Department came by and asked her what country is holding these people for life for marijuana. The people in our own Justice Department didn't even know that we had U.S. prisoners locked up for life without the possibility of parole, simply for marijuana, or in my case, conspiracy to marijuana. Wow. But I I think... uh, I think virtually everybody in the know seems to admit that even beyond marijuana, the entire war on drugs has failed. They've been at it since 1971. (laughs) Wow. Well, um, I just want to let you know, um, Craig, that we're working on getting our voices heard even bigger and louder. Um, I've been talking with Mindy in the background, and we've got one one of your one of your um, biggest advocates, Mike Harris, who's been trying to get us uh, the coffee party um, to pick up our radio show. And that's like a really big network. So if we can get them to pick up our radio show, um, we'll be going to have a bigger, huge voice out there. So we've got a couple people working on it, but, um, you know, we're, we're trying. And I think we might be able to even get more people to hear your voice. So it'll be good. Kristen, Kristen, there's a... Here's Mindy right here. What's up, Mindy? Hi, Craig. Craig. We have we have a listener who wants to know if, what they can do to help people like you. What can they send uh, prisoners, and um, what kinds of things would be helpful? Um, probably the most helpful is is even just like publications, and even as you do to. Uh, to correspond with the prisoner, maybe just help look up things for us, you know, to give us, uh, you know, some support from the street because that that makes such an incredible difference that somebody would, you know, just a small, simple thing like uh, 
you know, look up an address for us. You know, maybe send an email, you know, message to somebody for us as, as you know, we're generally not able to. That's the biggest uh, help to prisoners is, you know, just communicate with us and, you know, and offer that little bit of help from the street that makes such a difference to us that, you know, we're just constantly frustrated feeling our hands are tied. You know, we, we just can't pick up the phone and call whoever we want. We can't email whoever we want. We can't look on the Internet. And that's the thing that we look for help, help from, you know, people outside the prison for. And so many of, especially us doing a, a lot of times, and us lifers, so often we, we feel as though we're, we're forgotten. You know, we, we don't get a piece of mail for weeks or months. or And there, there's many people in that situation. And I've been, you know, really gift, gifted in, you know, being able to correspond with, with you and Jean and Kristen and, and so many others. And that has really given me such an advantage that other people even look to and other people are happy by my interaction with you folks. But just to, you know, if there's, there's people that, you know, you could just offer your help to and offer your, uh, uh, you know, your, your company to that are in prison, that makes such a difference. Well, I just want to bring well, up um, Amy Pova the Can Do and also um, Sherry Sicard with her Marijuana's Lifers Project. They have actually... Um, sites on there for you guys. You even have a, a website, Craig, and you can go to those sites and find prisoners' petitions, share their sites on your Facebook walls. You can do those types of things as well. So, um, And if you want to reach Craig directly, you can go to freecraigcecil.com to get his address. Yeah, you can write Craig a, a letter, um, get in communication with him, send him your email. But okay, Craig, we heard the beep. Yep, it's the dreaded beep again. But uh, but thank you for getting us out there. Even the people all the way up in the ivory tower, the Koch brothers have heard you. <laughs> this is wonderful. You're getting heard by the bigwigs now. <laughs> thank you. We love you. And thank you for all your sacrifices. Love you, Craig. Thank you for the support that you've given me. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Jean. Thank you to everybody listening that that is involved and is helping. Thank you. It, it's made such a difference. Thank you very much. All right, we love Greg, you. you. Greg, you will yes, you Jean. will get out. Greg, you will get out. That's a promise. All right, listeners, next we have a very extra special guest. His name is George Monterano. And George Monterano, he spent 33 years of a life sentence in prison. It was extra good friends with, with, um, with Eugene Fisher. Um, they were friends in prison and they're best buddies, and he calls in every week for what we call Georgie's Corner. Lately he's been calling in late because he's been on his horse and hadn't had a reception, but he told Eugene this week that he's going to call in early because he found a way to call in on the horse. So um, I just, before we get him on, I want to say he was adopted by the Seattle Hemp Fest and um, they gathered so many letters to help free him and people from the Human Solution gathered letters and groups. I think POW 420 helped gather letters and now George is a free man. So be advocates and you can watch your lifers get free. Okay, here we go. George Monterano. Morning, hey, George. Christine. All right. Morning, Jean. Good afternoon. You, good, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, George. and today is on the stand open mic, right? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, number one, uh, of course, uh, I do. I was riding today. I, matter of fact, I'm, I'm walking on the road right now near the stable. I picked the horse up. This this time of year, you know, you can't, you know, you can't uh, push your horse hard, and then uh, you have to cool him down and hose him down, etc. Uh, that process, but uh, you know, it's, it's sad to say that uh, right now our country's overshadowed by this event in Orlando uh, with this uh, uh, this violence, amazing, terrible, terrible violence. Uh, it, amaze, it amazes me that a mind could concoct this, and uh, and us marijuana people did so much, so much time for nonviolence, and it's such a such a sad situation, but. Here I am, uh, free after 32 plus years, and uh, and I was cooling down the horse, walking him up and back, and thinking about all those lives that were just destroyed some hours back. But anyway, I wrote a little poem. Are you talking, talking about the shooting? In, are you talking about the Orlando, shooting in Florida? Yes, yeah, yeah, 50, okay, 50 okay, people okay. dead. Okay. More, more. They don't. They suspect uh, more. 53 wounded. Rest, one individual. Yeah, rest in peace uh, to all those people. Right. So, you know, but like again, we're we're overshadowed by that, but at least we have a voice. And I wrote some words in reference to the voice concerning the open mic. Here's the poem. At least the words can say of the cries, cries when someone pushes to live or die. Here, this show, we have a voice, the God-given choice. Yes. We say of the cries, cries when someone pushes to live or die. So gather, gather each trying day. Come with words, then cometh wise. And uh, I'm going to share that with you again. I don't title them. Gene? George, when they recorded like that, they're, they're there for posterity with us. I'm sitting here with two of our voices of the Cannabis War um, friends here, Tony and Adam, and we're just listening to your poem, and not just me, but um, our voices of the Cannabis War, they, they go out with us to events, and they help fight for our prisoners, and they're deeply touched to hear your poem as well. Well, uh, I personally do more time than uh, for marijuana, nonviolent person, life, no parole, I did. More time than the good good Mandela. I'm not comparing myself to Nelson Mandela at all, never. Uh, but I did more time. I did more time than the guy who killed uh, John Lennon, greatest one of the greatest artists. And I did more time than Hinckley. Uh, Hinckley would have been released years ago if he wasn't mental, unmentally stable, unstable. I'm sorry, mentally unstable. And, and but and then they finally released him. The psychologist finally released him, and I still did more time. So wow. and I was listening to Greg tell the story about, uh, I don't know, someone made a comment, someone visiting, they couldn't believe that uh, his sentence, the life no parole. And I was at an institution where there was dignitaries uh, from Russia, and they had, their, they had the uniform and et cetera, and there was a Russian there with us, and the Russian... Uh, went up there and he was talking to them in Russian. And I happened to be coming by. He called me over and he so. And the guy, after he was speaking Russian to my friend, he looked at me 
and in broken English, because he told him that I had life, no parole. I was dying in jail, and he turned to me, and he says, who'd you kill? Who'd you kill? And I explained to him, I said, he knew, I said, he didn't kill nobody, it's marijuana. And the man just shook his head. So, you know, the stories are, uh, the, the many, many stories in prisons, uh, federal and state, were visiting people uh, when they would meet a marijuana guy, which they did, they met Gene and I more than once, people from uh, the outside visiting, etc. And they couldn't fathom, they couldn't believe it. And, uh, and that's what we have to change. And thank God we have the open mic to do that. George, uh, Randy and I, Randy, my co-defendant, who you know very well, and he took me to a, to a, to a drugstore today or yesterday. And when we got in that drugstore, he looked at me and I looked at him. We said, we can't believe it. We're free. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a reaction? Oh yeah, it happened to me. Uh, it happens to me at least three, four times a day, if more. Just can't. I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. And uh, but then uh, you know we're out here and we're out here with uh, with heavy shoulders because of all those languishing in prison that are nonviolent, especially the weed cases. You know, it breaks my heart when I hear this Craig and I hear the background of the cell block. In the back, and I lived with that noises, those types of noises, uh, forever, forever. And thank, thank God that forever, the forever was taken away. But it was taken away with, like, like Craig said, the help from outside people. You know, you reach out, you reach out, you reach out. But you have to be a positive person to reach out to get a reception. I'm sure if I wouldn't. The George I made myself into through hard work, uh, uh, discipline, etc. Then my voice wouldn't have carried that far. So that's a message to all you families listening. If you have loved ones in there, tell them you know they they, they help all of us out here when they program positively and they do the right things and uh, and and don't get any messes, etc. etc. I don't want to get into all that prison stuff. But that that is important because one person can make a difference from how he carries himself and what he creates and delivers. I, I taught a class it's called Community Connections, just what I just relayed the last couple of minutes. You must know how to get them outside resources, but to the outside resources to come back to you, you must have shown, number one, you changed, et cetera. Even though you're, you're a nonviolent offender with a, with a, with a, a weed case, you have to still show that you change because it's human nature. Human nature wants to wants to help, wants to accept. If they believe has changed, has been accomplished. Gene. Yeah, George. You know, I think about things like our the number of people in our prison system. The fact that we have over two million people incarcerated. And how that that could be changed overnight if we got off of the war on drugs, and the biggest single factor there, if we got off of the, the illegality of marijuana. What do you think, well, George? It, could, it should start with the marijuana. It should has to has to start. But we have we have we have more serious interests to uh, to worry about. We have the safety of loved ones and friends. 
I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's wonderful out here, don't get me wrong. But uh, at any given time, something can happen. Our society has to be paid attention more so than putting us all away. That didn't work. That didn't work. So uh, the change has to come, and uh, I wish it just comes more. Change has come very slowly, a little bit of change, but it needs to move much more rapidly, much more. Gene? Yeah, you know, sometimes I think because of the way we focus, misfocus uh, our prison system and our judicial system, that's caused the other side to start coming, the violent side to start coming back and coming back so strong, you know. The terrorism oh, yeah, and all of that. Yeah, because... Uh... Yeah, because it's indoctrinated them. The poor go, the poor minority go away. It's indoctrinated them. And from that indoctrination, from the powers that be, animosity comes in. Deep, hateful animosity. So it has to be looked in a philosophical way. We have to change our philosophy of incarceration. That's what we have to do. I mean, you're a human being that they kept all those years, and you're out there doing good things. I'm a human being that they kept all those years, and I'm here. But there's thousands and thousands and thousands of more. They're not bad people. They're not bad people. They made the mistake, but they don't need to die in there. Like uh, these lifers with marijuana. Now, uh, and they're smoking it all over the place. So it's amazing. I walk past... Uh, Nice areas, and they're standing on the corners and smoking it in this town. And I like to walk up to each one of them, or a group of them, and say, It's kind of me, kind of guys like me, that you can do that now. But I wouldn't go that far. Anyway, uh, Gene? Yeah, George. Uh, again, that look that Randy gave me yesterday. It looked that you have when we met. Uh, uh, George and I met first time after he was out of prison uh, right outside of Tampa. And it was, geez, we just said, you know, we love each other. And we're so happy that we're here, that we're free. It's almost inexplainable. Well, that's what we have to do with more. So much, much more can get out there. You know, when you can you imagine you have you, Randy, and I, and uh, uh, there, there's a few others uh, that got out, marijuana guys. Uh, you can't you mention, take Billy Dickel. Billy Dickel, all, all them good guys, okay? And we're out here doing the best we can to to assist humanity, okay? So times that by thousands, you know, and that's that's a very profound gift, and it's a very profound statement that. We came out, we're not, we don't hate. We don't hate. It was wrong when it was done. We should have been punished somewhat, but not, not that severely, totally severely. And we're out here and we're, and we're forgiving and we're good people. There's thousands and thousands of more that can come out and deliver that same, that same type of love and forgiveness and giving and giving. I've been asked to so many people that they, you know, how could you even smile? What could they give you? This and that. So, again, it's, it's your personal philosophy that you must create 
and that and that can grow and that can grow. It grows through the show. It goes through the show. Kristen. Well, um, so George, I just want to say we've got our next guest on the line, and I want to um, tell you who he is um, before we let you go. His name is Jeff Eichen, and he's been working with the Seattle Hemp Fest um, in order to. He's he's working on a documentary. In fact, he was the first the first the first guy who got his cameras behind the scenes um, and documented Jeff Mazansky while he was still in prison. And mm-hmm. his goal is to get a, a documentary out about the lifers. And I've been working with him, doing interviews, asking people, hey, what do you think about, you know, the somebody being in jail for the rest of their life for a plant? And we've been getting these little interviews from around the communities, the, the, the events that we've been going to and stuff. And um, he's he's on the line, and he's going to talk about his documentary. In fact, he's going to be out at the Seattle Hemp Fest, and he's working with the Seattle well, Hemp Fest. He's going to debut. I hope to see him there. I'm hoping yeah, to see him there. You will. You waiting. will. In fact, I'm, I'm, he's hoping to hook up with you and Eugene soon and be able to do a Skype interview with yeah, you guys maybe yeah. on, a, on a three-way Skype. So um, well, I, I just want to let you know. i got to meet you first, sweetheart, and then him. <laughs> uh, for sure. I already for met sure. Gene. I already met Gene. <laughs> anyway, love you. Great show. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Gene, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay, Georgie. Right. Bye, George. We love you. All right, that was George Monterano. Served 33 years of a life sentence. And it's free. He's only been free for probably maybe six months. But um, he's one of our top-notch heroes. All right. So next, we're going to go to Jeff Eichen, who is the founder of the the um, the documentary Lifers. And I'm going to say good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jeff. I heard you had a you have a special surprise for us today. Well, we're gonna see. We're we're calling in. Every, we're calling in our troops, uh, Missouri style. So um, that's a little hint, and um, I'm really excited too. I spoke with this gentleman this morning, and um, I want to start off also by giving a shout, uh, giving our blessings out to all those in Orlando, Florida. Our hearts are with you, and we need reform in every topic to get our freaking world back to love. For sure, for sure. So, Jeff, um, let's just talk a little bit about the recent work that's been going on with your documentary. Um, I know, I know you've got a song we're about to hear um, coming on. Um, so we're going to save that for a second, and then after that, we've got, or I don't know when we when you want to bring on this special surprise guest. But let's talk a little bit about your documentary and what what's been going on with it in the recent recent couple last couple months. Well, let's get our nuts and bolts together first. Um, when our surprise guest calls in, if they're on hold, then then we'll put him put him on. Is is he in yet? Um, we don't have any in right right yet. Okay, no. I I texted him and and we'll see if we can get him. If not, we'll get him another time. Um, well, well, I, I just want to brief- mention one thing. Hold, hold on, hold on, Jeff. I do want to mention one thing. We do have Dr. David Allen on online, and Dr. David Allen is one of our doctors down in California. So I just want to spend a special shout out for him because I see you there. I see you, Dr. Allen, and I love you. And we're gonna hear from him uh, maybe if he's still on hold in a little bit. So, okay, go Fantastic. ahead, Jeff. I just wanted to. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm banging the uh, the the texting to our to our special guest here, um, but we have Rebecca in the studio today. 
um, maybe we can start off with having Rebecca sing um, our Lifer song, and we'll get a little um, music interlude here on your radio show. We've been so serious this morning. Cool. Um, I'd like to introduce you so to this Rebecca. Is live. She's, singing this, she's singing this song for our, our Lifers live. She's right here. She's right here with me. Say hi, Rebecca. Wow. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for uh, inviting me on your show, Jeff. I'd like to thank Jeff Eichen, uh for including me in Lifers. And uh, this project inspired me to write this song for people like Jeff Zansky and all the other lifers. So the name of the song is Lifers Blues. I'm flying without a safety net. would love to hear that song if they could hear it like that pride that pride to worship that song is so beautiful that's so nice and i agree we got to free the weed like instantly so we're we're about prohibition our um i have a brief share today and thanks for having my crew on this morning plus our special surprise guest good morning and welcome all lifers our guest is on our surprise guest yes our surprise guest is on Okay, okay, so I'm just going to unmute Klein, and then you can announce him. Okay, I'm getting okay. – wow. Okay. I, oh, I'm so excited to see who it Woo! is. Wow, okay, cool. Woo-hoo! Okay, okay. So this is a, one of our heroes, I'm telling you. Okay, here we go. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Lifers, um, the movie, a documentary told by those in prison for life and their belief and choice to use the plant we know as marijuana. Today I would like to let you all in on a secret. This is my top and current life's project, and I will not stop until every prisoner is freed from prison for life due to the continued absurd and outdated and never should have been war on drugs. After a meeting and working for years with the grandfather of our movement, Jack Herrera, in the 90s, I told Jack, 
before his moving on to the smoker's den and the after-party world, I will finish your job to the best of my ability and free all prisoners and free the plant. In other words, end the war on drugs and do my best to end global prohibition on this magical plant, marijuana. Lifers and Movie will be a six-part episode sharing stories told by those still in prison and interviews of those who are out now and have spent way too many years on the inside without their families and freedom. My film is my choice to share this message to millions. This story will be told, and any, anyone may go to lifersandmovie.com and email me your story, and I will do my best to get back to you for an interview. I bless every one of you special beings affected by the continued war on drugs. Again, that's lifersthemovie.com, and we will be on the green carpet at Belltown Tavern, 8.30 to midnight, Friday, August 19th in Seattle, after the Hemp Fest Day, which goes on all weekend. Jeff Mazansky from Missouri, who has a role in our film, has spent 29 Freaking years in prison for an awful mistake no. that will be flying out there. He will be flying out to Hempfest with us, so all come down and away we go. Oh, we have a guest star. Oh wow! Life is the movie, and that we had a great song, and now that was for you, Jeff. Take it away. Here's Jeff Mazansky, everybody. Good morning, Hi. Jeff. Hello. Welcome to the Voices of the Cannabis Wars Radio Show. Good morning. How you doing? Really Good morning. We're on. so excited to hear from you. So yeah, the, it's a pleasure. It's so Jeff, the last time you were on our radio, Jeff, the last time you were on our radio show, you had just gotten out of prison, and we did a whole show just focused just on Jeff Mazansky. And if anybody's listening, if you want to hear that show, you can go into our archive. It's a really wonderful show. But um, you've got you're here live with uh, Eugene Fisher and Kristen Floor, and of course Jeff Eichen here. And we're wondering what's been going on since you were since the last time we heard, talked to you, and how are you? And it's good to hear your voice. Well, it's a, it's been a, it's been a trail, you know. It's it's been a it's no um, how would you put it joy getting out right away and trying to get reacclimated to uh, social life again. You know, it's a, it's kind of a challenge for anybody getting out of prison. It they need help. Uh, I did. I got help uh, from family and wow. friends, and it, it was really great. But since I've been out, we've uh, now got a uh, ballot petition here in Missouri that we collect the signatures on for medical use of marijuana. Uh, we've turned enough signatures in, and we're waiting for confirmation from the government to make sure all the signatures are proper. And it should be on the ballot. Come up and... Uh, our uh, presidential election. So since you've been out, you've been fighting for the plant still for everybody oh, else. Oh, definitely. Every day. Aw. That's so I, up, I've seen I your Facebook the, post. And I've, seen your, I've seen the look on your face just looks so happy. You look so free, and you look so proud to be doing what you're doing. Well, yes, it's, it's and I'm hoping and wishing that everybody else gets involved and does the same thing. I go up to Jefferson City, our capital, and talk to our uh, representatives and, and uh, senators all the time about our prisoners that we have in, because I'm also fighting for prison reform and uh, the legalization effort. And it just keeps my day filled. 
whenever I'm not working, whatever I make, whatever little money I make, I usually spend on fighting for the cause. That's what it's all about. Um, Jeff, I was on a TV show with with Jeff Eichen, and he brought up on the TV show, he brought a, a clip of him interviewing you while you were behind bars. And I was so touched to see, like, because I knew when I watched the clip, I had already known you were released because we talked to you. You were on our show. But um, to see you behind bars and to see see your expressions and to see, like, you just look really sad to me. But then, like, to see your pictures now and to hear your voice now, you sound so, like, this is what freedom sounds like. It just sounds so beautiful. Oh, it is. It definitely is. Be able to get with family <laughs> and friends, go fishing, yeah. to uh be able Aww. to express yourself freely, it, it's it's so, uh, it's fantastic. It's it's like all in the world. So you like caught your first fish? You caught oh, your I've first fish? I've caught plenty of fish. I've caught plenty of fish. Uh, what was out. it like to catch the first one? Is it, did uh, it still the same to catch the last one as it did the first one? The first one I caught was only like about nine or ten inches long, and you know what? I'm so proud of it, I had to get pictures taken. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it was just a baby, but still, yeah, this is real, you know, the first one. What kind of, and, uh, what kind of fish was it? I think the last it? one I caught was about, uh, about 19 pounds. Uh, they were catfish. What? Wow, wow. Nice. Hello, hello, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Iken. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm so inspired by um, all the prisoners that I get to meet and uh, your – your journey, I, I like seeing you at Emerald Cup and and Canacon and um, the fight with you know with Beth Curtis and Adela Fox. I'm just so blessed that you're leading the pack along with Eugene Fisher and all the other um, people that uh, were behind bars. And you are inspiration for my movie and for us to share with you know while we have Obama still to do the right thing. Um, I have one. Um, bit of numbers to share with the planet here. Obama's let out 238 prisoners. Um, they've commuted them. And um, I heard, I read, I got wind that George, Gerald Ford let out 14,000 prisoners while he was in office. Wow. So, so Obama's that's a good, that's a good point. I appreciate that. So Obama's lagging. And while we have this, we I'm getting very close. I interviewed Tommy Chong already and some other, you know, superstars. And I consider all you guys superstars, Jeff. And um, and I just wanted to let everybody know that Jeff Mazansky will be coming, thanks to Donnie from um, the old Ohio Hempery, um, is helping to facilitate and bring Jeff Mazansky to HempFest. And a shout-out to Sharon and Vivian for HempFest, which is August 19th through the 21st. Um, of this year, everybody come on down to Hempfest, and we're going to have the green carpet um, that's going to be showing our debut and our premiere of Lifers. It's going to be a short. It's going to be a great night. And you know what, everybody? Jeff Mazansky is going to be here on the West Coast from Missouri. Thank you so much, Jeff, and it's so lovely to see you out. It's, the word can't even explain how it feels to be out. It's like being reborn. Well, you told me that, that that you were teaching that you were teaching woodshop to the students in in prison there, and that's what got you got you through. That it gave you purpose. My movie has given me purpose. Tell everybody about that woodshop. 
Well, it's, it's uh, we actually take rough wood in and we turn around and make it a desk and um, bookcases and tables and just about anything you can dream of you make out of wood, we made it. And, uh, of course, we, we had a lot of guys in there that's never had a job or never had any kind of experience whatsoever. So uh, we kind of give them a little bit idea of what to do and and get them interested and, of course, acclimate them to work uh, because, like I said, so many have never even had a job. But uh, it kind of gave them a chance for when they got out. You know, when you learn how to do woodwork, you learn how to spray, uh, and those jobs can go into other things like spraying cars, for instance, or, uh, you know, painting houses with, with spray guns and stuff. They get an opportunity where they can get out and do something and stay out instead of having to go back to the same old grind. So that's an and inspiration I'm, and a shout out to all those inside right now to learn something while your time is there. Yeah, I mean, why sit around and just just rot and give up? It just it ain't worth it. I mean, I had a life without. I was never supposed to get out, uh, but still, yet my purpose was to help others, and that's basically Aww. what helped me get through. You know, because I figured every um, time I got our younger guy out and he stayed out, it was a success. And we do thank your lawyers uh, from Show Me Cannabis and 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 Governor Nixon for finally figuring it out. We want every leader on the planet globally to figure this out. And I hope my movie and you with me and everybody else climbs on board to shout this out loud through film. Well, you know, it, it had a lot to do with them. They helped tremendously. But in reality, it was the people. The people got together. They signed a petition for me to get out. They called the governor. They wrote letters in. Those things work, and that's what it takes. It takes the people getting together, just like they did back in the 60s when we were fighting the Vietnam War. But they got together, and they had one voice. The voice was, let's, let's get the war done. Let's stop it. Well, now... We got a voice too, and it's to stop the war against drugs. And if everybody get together and get on the same page and let all their little arguments go, that don't <laughs> anything because, because the main thing that we have is legalization to keep people from going to prison and to get the ones that are in there out because nobody belongs sure, in jail sure. for that. And um, you know, that's Jeff- what I fight for every day. Jeff, my dad, yeah. uh, he died in prison for a plant, and so my main concern is that, that nobody else should have to die there. And with a lot of our prisoners that are sick and the government got, not giving them proper meds, you know, my dad died in a, prison, in a private prison. So, you know, I, I, I fight for our prisoners because any sentence can turn into a life or death sentence for anybody. For nobody should go to jail for a plant at all, and I agree with you. Um, in fact, we have another host of the show. His name is Eugene Fisher, who spent 25 years of a life sentence, and he was freed out of his federal life sentence uh, three years ago. And I just want to touch base with him. Eugene, is there anything you want to say to, to Jeff this morning? Uh, Jeff, I'm going to tell you a story that I think you'll, you'll associate with, and you can give me your, your feedback. Yesterday, uh, my co-defendant, who just got out also, he did 27 years. I did 25 and he took me, he drove me to the local pharmacy to pick up some meds. And we looked at each other. We walked in and we looked at each other. And we said, my God, we're free. And that feeling was so immense. 
so overwhelming. Give me your feedback. Uh, I'll bet it was. I've not had that opportunity yet. In fact, I'm still on parole. So I, I haven't even been able to smoke one or eat any cannabis of any kind. But, you know, Aww. I'm out here. I'm free with the family. And one day I know it'll happen, and I won't touch it until it's legal. But uh, I, I know it's coming, and I know it's coming soon. But I, I can feel that feeling just through what you said, in, in the words that you said, being able to walk out and say, my God, we're free. But unfortunately, we're not. We still have the federal government that's still fight, still fighting and arresting people. We still have states all around this nation that are doing the same thing. I mean, I can't pick up a newspaper or listen to a news report where somebody has not been busted for marijuana uh, or any other drug, but at least marijuana. And and that's crazy. Uh, well, here in Washington, why are we doing this? Here, here in Washington State, Jeff, uh, last week uh, we went to the Lance Glore hearing, and um, for God's sakes, it's it's legal now here recreationally. You know, in in Washington State, the thing, the, everything's lightening up, and they gave Lance Glore 120 months. Yeah, for, yeah, the feds did. They didn't even allow. Um, yeah, they they brought up. You, we all know how federal trials go down. It was just it was terrible. But yeah, we. While they freed a couple of our prisoners on a federal level last last week, they also incarcerated a couple more. So um, I'm sure Lance wasn't the only one. It doesn't Every make year, <laughs> Every year 750,000 arrests. Every year in America, there are 750,000 people arrested for marijuana. Half of the people in prison are drug people. And half of them are marijuana prisoners. We've got the largest number of people incarcerated in the world. America, the land of the free, has more of its people in prison than anybody else. We could do one thing that would immediately start to change that, and that is releasing marijuana prisoners. It, 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 would, it would help tremendously. And there's so many of them that people don't even realize there's over 3,000 doing life without. That's across America. That's state and federal. And that don't count the guys in there for 30 years or 20 years or 10 years or 5 years or, or even 120 days. Uh, they shouldn't be in there at all. Uh, not for a plant that's doing so much for us. I mean, look at all the medical cures that it's coming up with. And that's a good thing because it's medically and it's helping people. But that's one of the biggest obstacles we have because big pharmacy doesn't want it legal. And that's, that's the fight that we have right now. Uh, our congressmen, our senators, representatives, they know what it's all about. They know it's helping people. Why aren't they getting off their hind ends and doing something about it? Why aren't they helping the people instead of hurting us? Is it because they're getting paid? Maybe not directly, yep. but somehow or another, are they making money on it? It's got to be the money. There's no other reason why not to. It doesn't make any sense not to help the people that they're supposed to be representing. And right. it just ain't right. And the only thing we can do as as a people is we got a big block of people out here. we got millions of people across the United States. Let's take this to the polls. These guys that are fighting us, let's get them out of office. Let's put somebody in there that knows what's going on and that will, that will work for the people like it's supposed to be. The government's supposed to be working for us. We're not supposed to be working for the government. 
unfortunately, I think we are all yep. working for the government right now. Well, on my yeah, side, Jeff, this, this is Jeff Eichen again. On my, on my side, we agree with you, man. That's fantastic. Um, I'm going to do all I can to, uh, you know, to go mainstream and get our film, you know, to Willie Nelson and to Snoop Dogg and to all the people with power and get a soundtrack that's going to um, raise the vibration in everybody's car, but also provide some restitution because um, I want to raise the money to uh, put in a trust fund for everybody that comes out. So I'm committed on every level. My whole rest of my life is going to be here until everyone's out. Well, I, I, uh, I'm working right. on that. I'm actually working on a nonprofit group. I don't have it together yet. They help the, the guys and, and the women when they do get out because what a lot of people don't realize is we have, they have to go to classes that they end up having to pay for. They have to pay for being out on parole. Of course, they have to get a house. They've got to get a car. They've got to be able to feed themselves. And if they can't do all of that, they end up back in prison again. So if we don't help them when they get out here, they're not going to stay out because the government's getting paid by us through taxes to keep them in there. Uh, it's a whole lot more makes a whole lot more sense to keep them out here where they can get a job and help the society instead of being a burden on it. So how can listen, our listeners, Jeff? How can our listeners uh, find that? What find the website that you're talking about to be able to donate? Well, I haven't got it all started yet. I'm I'm talking with lawyers okay. as far as getting all the paperwork done on it. Okay. And as soon as I do, I will okay. post it on my website, of course. Yeah, and, and then come uh, on our radio show, and we'll talk about it, and we can we can advertise it and um, put it on our website too. We're working on our our website as well, so. We'll do that. We'll be sure I appreciate it. Be All the help we can get will be appreciated because there's so okay. many guys and women that are getting out and ended up right back in because they can't find work, and that's another whole issue on the side. Some of them are qualified workers. Right. we got a lot of qualified workers that are getting out, and they can't even find a job because now they have something on their record that says they are a felon, and a lot of places mm-hmm. won't hire them. So it's kind of a catch-22. It, it doesn't make any sense. Here right. We want them out, and when we get them out, we don't give them work to stay out. Right. So it, right. it, our laws have to be changed. Something has to be done. And I think we have the people behind us now that are realizing this, and they're going to get together and do it. It's just we need to get the right group of people up top to give them, to give them a direction to go into. Right. Well, I'll call you guys. We've we've got uh, only about 30 minutes left in the show, and we've got a couple more guests on the line, including Dr. David Allen, who went to federal prison for our plant. Um, He's on the line, and I just want to touch base with him, and then we're going to hear from Tom Corby, and we're going to talk a little bit about Freedom Grow and how you can donate directly to prison outreach commissary funds through Stephanie Landis' new nonprofit uh, organization. So, we got uh, about 30 minutes left, but Jeff um, Nazanski and Jeff Eichen, um, Eugene and I and Mindy, we want to thank you guys for coming on our show and letting your voices be heard through through the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show. Um, it was, it's was it been an excellent show before you guys. We had um, uh, George Monterano. We had all kinds of good guests. So um, I'll send you guys the links to the show um, after the show's over so you can you can check out the whole show. and. 
Thank you, Jeff, and I admire you for what you're doing in your state to try to try to try to help other people not go to prison for a plant. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, Jeff, thank you, and thank you all because uh, it's great to see people finally getting together and helping. Hey, Jeff, for give sure. me an for invitation sure. to the to the hemp fest, and I'll come out. I'll come out and I'll talk at your at your movie thing. That's great. We're going to have the green carpet, and we're going to we're going to walk the green carpet instead of the red carpet, like at the Emmy Awards, or or you know. So we're we're going to love you guys up and everybody. Thank you all for being keeping the faith and and being free. And um and Kristen, thank you for having this this portal to the world of information that people need to hear. Well, you too, Jeff. I mean, for listeners who don't know, Jeff, Jeff Eichen and I, we've actually been working together to bring these voices to the front lines. Um, we've been, I've been getting behind his video camera and doing some interviews with him. So um, we are, if you see me out there, you, know, you guys, and you see me with a camera and a microphone, come up and talk to me and let me know your thoughts so that we can get them recorded for the rest of the world to hear as well. So um, stay tuned for, for more. We're going to premiere at we're going to premiere our film at Hempfest. We're going to have a shorty, and so everybody come on by and and have a night with us. And um, we we love you all, and and we pray for for freedom. And a shout out again to our blessings to Orlando. All right, thank well, you guys. Hope, have a nice day. Hope hope see oh, you all there at Hempfest. Have a good day. Thank okay, you. Jeff. I'll talk. All right, I'll... bye, Jeff. Okay. Bye, Jeff Mazansky. Bye-bye. Bye, Jeff Eichen. All right, Goodbye, you, Gene Fisher. Um, you, we got to get you and George hooked up with with uh, him in this interview that he wants to do with you guys soon, too. But next, we're going to go to Dr. David Allen. Um, we also have another doctor on the line I want to give a shout-out to, Dr. Denise in um, Northern California. And just want to say hi to, hi to you for listening. Thank you. And um, good morning, Dr. Allen. How has been going on with you? Good morning. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. How are you doing, Dr. Allen? Doing fine. Um, Tell us about your work. Huh? Tell us about your Well, I'm, um, you know, I I could have easily been one of the life prisoners. They were trying to give me 35 years um, for a cannabis uh, bust at my property in Mississippi when I was a California resident. And they tried to frame me and I was saved by jury nullification and uh, by massive jury nullification uh, I had six felonies and four were dismissed by the judge uh, prior to the jury vote and so two of them went to jury vote and I was found 11 to 1 and 7 to 5 on the on the two counts and the judge would not let the split be known. And my my lawyer said it was probably because it was in my favor. Otherwise, if it would have been 11 to 1 against, they would have made the jury re-deliberate. And so I'd like to publicly thank the jurors now who saved me from a life sentence, 35 years, for uh, four grams of of marijuana and 16 grams of hash that they found on my sister, not me. And uh, I'm currently, I'm Gee, kind Dr. of in, in a quandary. I, 
I didn't realize that jury nullification saved your life. I would have had, had you on our last week's show. Um, so while we're just talking about that, um, real quick, I just want everybody to realize that that meant that um, some people said not guilty. It's just that simple, saying not guilty. And I'm amazed, Dr. Allen, but I just I just want to say that. Um, I just want to say that I didn't I didn't know jury nullification saved your life. Well, thank you very much. Uh, one of the things that I, I was really upset about in my incarceration was the cruel treatment that I was that I had in prison. And one thing that I wanted to do very badly was to make a law that that would force jails to put a thermometer in every jail cell. Um, and because they use cold as a weapon against prisoners. Um, and yeah. I, I was never able to do that, and that's not what I really want to talk to you today about. But what I do want to talk to you about is the medical system in the jail. And recently there was this nurse, uh, Carmen Sue Brannon, who was the nurse at the George County Correctional Institution. And when I got there, she was immediately mean to me. And I didn't understand, I didn't know her, and I didn't understand why she was mean to me. And um, she was denying medical care to all kinds of uh, medical problems. People were having seizures. And what happened was if you had a bad medical problem, they would put you in lockdown, isolation. And uh, to prevent any other prisoners from seeing you. And so... So that way they could separate uh, any witnesses, okay? And so routinely, if you had a bunch of medical problems, they just put you in lockdown separate from the other prisoners because the only other place you could be in the prison was in a, a bay with 24 prisoners. And so it was a business – it was part of the business plan to uh, deny medical care because if you gave medical care to people – it would break the budget of the of the prison. So as part of the business plan, this is what the nurse was ordered to do. So uh, last year, well, what, when I first got there, there was this story about this guy that died in in lockdown uh, from, uh, from a seizure disorder. And so when I first got there, what I, I did was I started a journal, and I documented it every day, and I wrote down if the nurse did anything bad or if there was any abnormalities. I wrote the date and time. And actually, I had uh, prisoners uh, sign documents. One time, one of the prisoners got beat up and uh, by the guards, and we had 18 prisoners sign this affidavit. Well, I was able to get some of the stuff was was destroyed by by either prison guards or or gang members, and but some of it survived, and I still have some of it. And the reason I'm telling you this now is just recently, Com- Nurse Common Sue Brannon was charged with uh, a misdemeanor um, death of an inmate. An inmate came in, apparently uh, accused of a, a drug crime. I think it was a marijuana crime. And he had a bunch of medical problems, and he, and he was on insulin. And, I, and I, as I understand it, he had an insulin syringe on him. And so the cops threw him in lockdown, and uh, he died there. And so Nurse Brandon is being charged with 
with a misdemeanor in this prisoner's death. But but this isn't the only time this has happened. And so I have um, some documents that I'm I'm wondering if I should send to the state attorney general, Jim Hood, and maybe the nursing board, because they're charging her with uh, without malice. She's charged with uh, uh, a death of an inmate without malice. And, and I think that it is with malice that it's part of the business plan. And I would like to expose this. But, you know, Dr. Allen. Some... Yes. I think you should. I... Okay. I think that they should sue for wrongful death or something because, look, Right now, I don't know if you know this, but you know how they neglected and tormented my dad to death, okay? So the nurse who was in handle of my care, when you say this is all part of the business plan, I mean, you're, you're, you're an ex-heart surgeon. And the reason why you're not a heart surgeon is because they, they came after you. So what I say is what I say, but when you say it, it means just means so much more. But, you know, they did the same thing to my dad. So when you talk about being part of the business plan, they did that. The nurse was really mean, and she accused my dad of faking it. And just recently, um, you know, we're suing the private. We are have a wrongful death suit. I'm a, I'm a actually a key witness in the wrongful death suit that my, me and my mom have against the private prison that, that killed off my dad. Um, but I just recently we did our depositions, and um, I watched the I, I watched the uh, depositions of the nurse that was in care of my father, who accused him of faking it. And she's a mean person, a very, very mean person. And I watched the depositions of the two doctors that was in my, two of the doctors that was in my father's care and the right. warden of the private prison. And if you, I want, I want you to see them someday. It very, you'd be very interested in to see what these um, caretakers have to say about medical care. It's, in fact, I, I need to get you copies. You need to see what I'm talking about. It's, it's, you would be the first one that um, yeah. you know, show these two, I think. Um, well, maybe I you might want to be. Okay, it doesn't make sense. Like it is, it is part of the business plan, and they definitely don't want to spend the money to take care of you if you can't no. work for them. Well, I couldn't understand why this nurse was mean to me, because nurses usually aren't mean to physicians. And then I found out well, through, through this huh. lawsuit that she's the she's uh, the sister of the lady that's married to Sheriff Mike Bird. So Mike Bird, oh. the sheriff that was indicted uh, for 32 felonies and got off with an ankle monitor, um, was, had a criminal organization, and he had, he had his own people in, um, in George County, which is like 35 miles away from Pascagoula. So they had kind of a racket going on, and I believe that they intentionally... Um, did harm to this guy by de- denying him medical care, like they denied me and many other people. I have, epi- I have uh, signed affidavits of uh, denial of medical care for a tooth abscess and uh, scabies, uh, non-treatment, and some other things. And and wow. pass. Oh, the other thing that they they had uh, uh, guards would pass out medicine on Saturdays and Sundays and holidays when the nurse wouldn't show up. And that's illegal. You have to be a, a registered nurse to pass out medicines. Guards are not allowed to, high school educated guards are not allowed to pass out medicines. And they wow. so did basically, that. If it, 
what if they pass off the medicine to the wrong person because they don't have experience exactly, or knowledge? Well, or they're, they're high school educated training. guards. Hmm, so, that's crazy. Uh, that's the other crazy. thing that's going on in my life, in November, I'm supposed to go up uh, before the medical board. They're going to uh, to take away my license. So uh, I've been when looking is that? for... They're going to take away my medical license in California for uh, being a danger to the public and prescribing marijuana for approving marijuana uh, for patients. That I'm a danger to the oh, public, wow. and and I can't find anybody that will help me on this. I can't. I I fought the case pro pro se, um, and it was really t- trying on me. I have such bad PTSD. You know, it's hard for me to listen to your show because it 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 actually makes me shake listening to it. Because I went through I went through this, and it still affected me kind of bad. And they've taken my family. They've taken my career. They've taken my ability to make money. They've taken my my retirement. If if taken everything from me and I have no recourse and I can't get a lawyer to help me. I can't find a lawyer to sue these people for suppressing the science of the endocannabinoid signaling system by attacking doctors who are considered the head of the snake. If they if they they attack our license, then less people will have recommendations and then they'll have more court cases. So by by my actions of trying to help the people, I've endangered myself, and I can't get anybody, anybody to help me. And so I'm going to court in November with, without any preparation. I'm going to ask all the public that wants to support me to show up, and they'll, okay, they'll probably so- prevent, prevent you from testifying, but I need to file a federal lawsuit against the Medical Board of California for deliberately attacking physicians that practice this practice. They've singled us out. They're trying to suppress this science because they know that this science uh, decreases diabetes by 66%, which decreases everything else related to diabetes by that same amount that would devastate the the pharmaceutical community and we, I need a lawyer to take these people to task I know the science I can be a, a great witness against these people but I can't fight these people by myself okay. and I'm tired of being abandoned okay so Dr. Allen I want to help you kind of in the way that if maybe we can make an image or something I can make an image, and it could say, Dr. Allen needs your help, or Dr. Allen says, and we could put, you know, um, some cannabis facts that you say are fun and, and stuff, and then we could put, Dr. Allen needs your help. We'll say you need your support. I need we'll a lawyer. I need, I need a, we'll say that too. a legal team. We'll say that too. I need too. a legal team to take these people to, to task. I would, I, any help with that I could get, I would appreciate. Even if you just show up in November, um, even if they won't let people testify, 
Um, I don't think I was a danger to public. I don't think that they should have taken my license. Um, and and they, they gave me a probation period, which which is you cannot comply with probation. The, the way they set it up is for people to fail. You, you have to pay a bunch of money to these people, and you can't do that practicing this medicine because the way they wanted to do it, I would have to. So part of the uh, probation was if I saw a cannabis patient, I would have to call their doctor and their psychiatrist and get their approval for use of cannabis. I wouldn't be given their approval. Their doctor and their psychiatrist would be who are untrained in this new specialty and would likely say no because if they say yes, the medical board goes after doctors that say yes. Wow. So this is, there would be no way that any human could, and I asked the probation officer, I said, what is the purpose of this? He says, I said, it looks like it is to prevent me from practicing this specialty of cannabinoid science. And he said, yes, that's right. Well, Dr. Allen, uh, I hope anybody listening to this show, if anybody knows anybody who's attorneys who would like to help fight justice, um, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make an image, and I'm, on this image, I'm going to put that you need a legal team, and then maybe somebody on Facebook will see it and say, hey, let me ask that or something. But I'm going to try to help you, and um, we have till November to get some court support, and it's only June, so I'll make an image that will help people see that you need the help better because sometimes their voices aren't enough sometimes people hear with their eyes so maybe that'll help and then I just want to help but I don't know what I can do but the only thing when I'm good at making images so I can help with that you know I've just resigned myself to accept my defeat you know that that's the only thing that keep gives me any kind of mental peace you know I got my freedom but the truth is I mean you've seen this with the elections we're actually free-roaming slaves. The economy is rigged to where you can barely make enough money to pay for your living expenses, and they make job hunting, they make jobs so scarce that it forces you to stay in whatever crummy job that you have because if you got out of that, you might not find a job. So by these combination of these two things, they keep us in a virtual slavery and I don't know what can be done about it, but maybe nothing. Well, we're just going to use our voices. We're just going to start there, and hopefully you'll lead us to, to justice. That's what I that's what I have in my heart. All right. I'm sorry. I, okay, I you just been like, this, this weighs heavily on my soul. I know. It does mine, too. We're, we're in the same fight, and I appreciate yeah. everything that you do on a doctor's level. You know, we all got to be where we're at and fight where we're at. Like, I don't know if you heard this show earlier, but we have people um, fighting on all kinds of different levels, and we just got to start where we are right. and go from there and right. help each other, help each other, help each other, because we all know what it feels like to lose everything. I, we, I, we've all lost so much, and we're all in the same boat, and all we can do is, like, try to try to get to the shore safely without drowning. Dr. Allen, thank you for your help. Yes. Dr. Allen, you mentioned meanness. This is Eugene. Good, good morning to you. 
You mentioned mean, meanness. I define it as evil. I don't think it's meanness. Just I think it's evil. There's evil that's overtaken us in this whole thing. And when I see the way people are treated in prison, I see what 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 incarceration does to families, what it does to the country. It's an evil that's overtaken us that we must we must change. Now, the, the propaganda about cannabis has given people license to do evil stuff because we're considered people who use cannabis are considered subhuman in some way. So it's it's kind of a racist thing. If you're not a pot smoker, you're superior to the stupid pot smokers, and that's a, a, a lot of these people <laughs> feel that way. Cute, Doctor Allen. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, we should move on. We got Tom Corby waiting on the line. He's waiting to give us a Northern California update, and then we still have closing, and it's almost eleven o'clock. So, Doctor Alano, we thank you, uh, Mindy and Eugene. Thank you as well for sharing your story with us for our listeners to hear. I know it's hard to get out there, and when you're already going through it, you have to to live it. For other people to Thank you so much. It. It's, it's important. You're welcome. Dr. Have a nice day. We, we, feel, we feel for you. We feel for you. Thank We're you. There with God you. bless you. You're my hero, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, you guys. All right, next, we're going to find out what's going on in Northern California. Um, Tom Corby is, a, we're going to talk to directly right from Tom Corby, who is a volunteer for the Human Solution International. What he does is he leads a chapter of people to court support and to prison outreach by letting people know that nobody should go to jail for a plant. He does anything, everybody, to keep each other out of jail for a plant. He's a true leader, and he calls in every week to give us the Northern California news. Um, good morning, Tom. How are you? Uh, top of the day, Christian, Eugene, thank you all. And all the folks on the front line helping to be the solution to end prohibition, free all our POWs. So good to hear Dr. David Allen talking. Uh, so sad that the doctors are being targeted as they are. Uh, we're going to get Dr. Allen's uh, trial date in November, and we'll get it to the human solution calendar. Uh, let's muster court support for Doc, and hope we can get an attorney that will come for him. Uh, in Northern California, coming up this week, is Alex Lyons. I talked about Alex Lyons almost every week. He had his uh, pre-trial conference on June 9th. Uh, got a new, he's got a new uh, DA Jennings. Got rid of uh, Norton, uh, who was the one who prosecuted us and very hard to deal with. Uh, so, and Jennings actually feels sympathetic with Alex's case. Uh, this is really good. Uh, Alex will not back down. Uh, they're actually offering him more time to go into August. He refuses, just like he did, waived his rights to waive time, took him right straight to trial. Uh, they don't like that. If more people would take him right to trial, I think we would have ended this war a long time ago. Uh, I believe only 5 to 7% of people, like Alex Lyons, uh, Nick Moran here with us, um, actually take them on to trial. 
uh, this trial uh, uh, date is set for uh, 8.30 a.m. on uh, June 20th. That's number one, Court Street, here in Oroville, California. Court support's always important. He will also have, uh, on the 17th of June, I'm trying to get it to calendar. It's not accepting me right now. Uh, he's going to have a trial assignment conference uh, at 8.30 a.m. on June 17th. Uh, then if Buchanan doesn't back down, he is taking him on to jury trial selection on the 20th of June. This is when court support is paramount when the jurors are there. Uh, also, we talk about Alex Lyons. We talk about these cases, how it disrupts lives and families. What a waste of time and taxpayers' money. Alex Lyons' dad, Paul Lyons, uh, is finally recovering from the stroke he had uh, when his son got busted uh, on November 2nd. 2015. Uh, he's recovering now. Uh, he's home again. Uh, this is why we point out uh, it's so sad how it, how it disrupts lives and family and look what it's done to Christian uh, uh, and her dad, uh, Richard Flores, RIP. Such a sad state of affairs. I, I see here on my calendar we also have James Bennell's uh, trial readiness conference at the same time uh, next week, this Friday, uh, June 17th. Uh, that's at 1655 West Street in Redding, California. Uh, we always uh, say that uh, local 50-mile uh, radius court support is always important to come bear witness and uh the injustices that, that go inside these courtrooms, they are at the Uncle Party shows. Uh, you, there's no experience like court support. Uh, we meet new people, we get new cases. Uh, we have our defendants and our attorneys uh, get them on the right track. Uh, that's about all I have today. Uh, jury nullification uh, is so important. Uh, I'm glad you. Uh, found out Christian that that cell block drowned had his case uh, acquitted. Uh, so yeah, we're starting to think about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, our mindset now is going to trial with Alex Lyons and also Nick Ram is the mindset is jury nullification. If there's no victim, how can there be a crime? Think about that. And it's actually your obligation judge both the law and the evidence so uh, let's hope that uh, the jury sees the light with Alex Lyons and dismisses his case acquits uh, saying it's uh, yes okay so I'm stumbling on here I think it's time for me to get out of Dodge and I want to thank everybody <laughs> thank everybody today uh, and don't forget to breathe Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Thank you Tom. Thank you. We appreciate you calling in every week. You guys, we're just going to go straight basically um, into closing. Um, but first, I want to thank CCHI 2016 for being our sponsors and for giving us this platform in order to get the voices heard. Also, I want to thank Eugene, the other host, Mindy, the producer, all the callers, all the listeners, all the volunteers, and of course, all the XPOWs. 
And um, I want to say special thanks to Adam and Tony for coming to do the show with me live in my my, my bedroom this morning. We've been um, we've been just really enjoying all the guests. Um, and remember, you do have the power to say not guilty if you are ever called to jury duty. Um, most of our lifers went to trial and were found guilty, and all it would have taken there was one out of eleven of the jurors that said, "Hey, I'm judging the law. I'm not going to judge if they're guilty of breaking the law, but actually judge that law and refuse to convict." All it takes is one, and you will cannot be um, get in trouble for your verdict. Um, they can, the government cannot um, come after you for deciding um, not to do. And of course, most importantly. Stop snitching. You know, if we didn't, if nobody snitched on each other, the government wouldn't have cases. So if we just gave up snitching overnight, um, I really believe it can help end prohibition immediately and take a great, drastic heat off of the whole entire drug war entirely. So let's um, let's just make a, a pact to not not tell on each other anymore. Also, I want to give a special shout out to Richard Delisi. I missed a phone call from him this morning, and this man is on his 28th year in a state prison in Florida, um, and he, he should be freed a long time ago. Um, Eugene, is there anything that you want to say before I start giving our rest in pieces out? Uh, Christian, uh, I was deeply touched by David, Dr. Allen, David Allen, when he he said he feels so helpless against this power of what the government is and is doing to him directly about his licensing and everything else. And the odds of going to trial, facing something like he is on, on, to maintain his license, facing the great power of of the government. Christian, there's, there's a basic thing here called bullying. This is behind all of this stuff. The government is a great big bully, beating people up, intimidating people. The government works at getting lies told by the whole right. system of uh, what they have, of, of uh, snitches, of cooperating witnesses. The government knows the witnesses it brings in to cooperate, cooperate for one reason, and they'll make up anything for that, and that is to keep themselves out of prison. They'll make any kind of lie, and the government works at it openly. Yeah. It's it's terrible. the whole the whole system is is a terrible evil, and we've got to face as a nation. We've got to face this evil, and change it. As you say, the war on drugs all over is wrong, but let's start out. Yeah by eliminating that, that one part of it that we're involved with, marijuana, and it will start to change our, our nation in su- such a big way. For sure. For Unfortunately, sure. I don't see yeah, any of the candidates for the presidency except for Bernie Sanders, who spoke about it openly, saying they're going to legalize marijuana. He was the only one. Now, of course, we have libertarians who say that. The libertarians are very strong on that. Descheduling, descheduling, period. Yes, yes. (laughs) Christian, repeat that to the the audience, what the difference is. What's the difference, Christian? What's the difference? Well, if we wanted to de-scheduling, grow... Like, de-scheduling is what and rescheduling is what? 
Well, rescheduling um, the government would still have control over the plant, and we would still be going to jail, and it will not free all of our prisoners. Descheduling means that we are completely free. We don't have to live, live under the wrath of the federal government live under the wrath of the federal <clears throat> government anymore. And that means that nobody would have to die or go to prison for a plant, period. That's the difference between rescheduling and descheduling. By descheduling, by descheduling <laughs> the Controlled Substance Act, Act falls for marijuana completely. That would mean... Between 250,000 and 500,000 people would be directly affected the first year. Huge number. Huge number. Well, Eugene, we need to deschedule because there's a lot of people that's been mixed up in this war. And I'm just going to go into into closing. And these these people that I mentioned here are are the main reasons why we need to deschedule ASAP. Um, like my father, Richard Floor, he wouldn't have died the way he died um, if he was. I got that on here now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Washington fans up here, and we're actually adding a new person to our rest in peace list today, so stay tuned for that. Um, but we, first of all, we want to say rest in peace to my father, who, if plant cannabis wasn't a Schedule One drug, he would would not have died the way he died. Um, he's shackled to a bed. I had to take him off life support. Um, while well, he died with broken bones, undiagnosed colon cancer, liver failure, kidney failure. Um, the federal government basically, in the private prison he was in, tortured him to death. Um, so we want to say rest in peace to my dad who was killed in the middle of the war. Also to rest in peace to Gary Shepard, who was killed also in the middle of the war. Um, back 25 years ago, 21 years ago, when cannabis was very, 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 very illegal and the federal government was on a rampage to incarcerate as many people as they could for the rest of their lives, Gary Shepard was gunned down. Um, they showed up at his house with all kinds of guns, helicopters, everything to raid his plants. And Gary protected his plants with his life as they shot him over 21 times to the ground. As they shot his, his, um, his girlfriend, Mary Jane Jones, was holding their son, baby Jake. And they shot her down to death. Not to death, she survived, but they shot her numerous times as well. She survived to live 20 years later. She just recently passed away. So rest in peace to Gary Shepard and Mary Jane Jones. Um, that's Stacy Tice's aunt and uncle. Stacy Tice drives a big green bus around the whole country constantly throughout the year to end the war. And that's um, and their son um, and their son Jake, who they left behind, um, also fights to end the war. So they're always going to be remembered. Also to Jack Hare, who wrote a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. And um, we talked about Jack on our show. We mention him all the time. But if you really want to know the conspiracy about the plant and how to end the war um, and how to what the plant can do for us and why it's illegal and why the government doesn't want you to know about it, um, read the book Clothes. In fact, I urge you all, I think, um, I think POW420 Adele Fox page has a free download of the book that you can get. So check that out. Also, we want to say rest in peace to Peter McWilliams. Peter McWilliams is a big advocate for civil rights, and he wrote a lot of books left behind one that helped me personally when my dad died about death. Um, he wrote, wrote many um, inspirational, motivational books. And he also fought for a plan as he passed away while being on federal probation for cannabis. Um, and, you know, it helped his nausea. And the rumor, the rumor is, is that he died choking on his vomit that the cannabis could have helped. So rest in peace, Peter McWilliams. Also, we want to say less in peace to Bill LaMorte. In fact, 
Voices of the Cannabis War is going to be putting a little focus on Bill Morte as we're going to write him about in a Northwest Week this month because Bill Morte on the 4th of July is coming up. And none of us, uh, um, really, a lot of us don't really honor the 4th of July because we don't feel free and we don't feel like I stopped celebrating it when my dad, you know, got it, got, got raided and Eugene stopped celebrating it. Twenty years after his incarceration, Eugene said that he was in the yard and he grabbed his chest and he died from a few major heart attacks. So we are going to be putting a lot of focus on Bill Amorte, so he is always remembered. He might have died with his voice not being heard, all locked up, but we never want to forget about him, especially this time of the year. Also, we want to say rest in peace to Larry Harvey, who fought like crazy, even went to D.C. to try to change things so that his family or anybody else don't have to go to prison for a plant. He was a defendant in a major um, Kettle Falls 5 case and passed away right in the middle of the war due to cancer. We also want to say rest in peace to Dee for giving us Adam, who's here with us today, (laughs) helping us fight for all of the prisoners. Um, We don't ever want cannabis. We want cannabis to be... Um, be scheduled so that people have safe access to their medicine and don't have to worry about going to prison. Um, we also want to say rest in peace to Curtis Cecil, who, whose father called into our show earlier. His father couldn't be there for Curtis's death because he is in prison serving a life sentence. Curtis was just a teenager and got, got uh, passed away um, without his father. Uh, rest in peace, Curtis. And also to Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde, who are two young children who are using the plant to cure their cancer. And some raids, uh, federal raids and state raids happened, and their caregivers were unable to get them the medicine that they needed that was curing their, their tumors in their brain. And in the meantime, the tumors grew out of control. The two little children passed away in the war. Also, what we want to say, rest in peace to a good friend of mine, Bernardo Fumo Martinez. Um, whose uh, mission was to help me help in the world on a worldly level. And, from, and, and Fumo was very dedicated in trying to make videos and trying to talk about jury nullification and um, get people from other countries to know what's going on in our country. And also to Elaine Sammons, who is a ONAC tribal, uh, post, um, tribal member who got lost in the system when the post office intercepted the medicine that the um, the tribe, the, the the church was using to help cure some of her illnesses. In the meantime, she got real sick and passed away. So we want to say rest in peace to her. And also to Oscar, who is George and Eugene's friends, who they say went to FCI in the sky. And adding one more person to our list, um, we here in Washington, we love Rick Smith. And I just think that he should be more known nationwide for his what he did to fight for the plant. And I'll have more details about Rick Smith coming up, maybe um, – um, I'll figure out more, but I, we just always want to remember Rick Smith from now on. And there's too many people joining our um, rest in peace list. But um, for that, we're going to leave you guys with this song. It's called No More War because we don't want any more casualties. And this song is kind of fun. I play it every time on the show. And um, check it out. It's from Kushite Sixta. Man, it ain't a sport, got these evil politicians contorting the truth, and these wicked 
naked ass witches Important to you to tell you the truth Man, I can't hack this I'm losing my patience like a damn malpractice 2012 and they still manifesting destiny With military industry complex style weaponry Depriving heads of righteous men while sipping on the Hennessy CIA means coke in America, apparently It's been a narco-plutocracy since the 70s Corporations profiteering, domineering everything Radio press, news in the media You better learn to discern from the bullshit that they're feeding you Like GMOs from Monsanto Ringing alarms at family farms so man can't grow Carrie Lee, who is 
a singer who made billboard charts right from prison. He's serving his 13th year of his 14th year sentence, I believe. Um, Carrie Lee actually launched CDs and is doing really well with these CDs. Um, and, he, and he produced them basically behind bars. Um, and he was on a show. We have a show probably about a couple months ago with Carrie Lee where he actually called in right from behind prison. We got quite a bit of listens on it. So it was a very interesting show that day. So if you want to go back to our archives, check out the Carrie Lee archives. Um, but first song is going to be um, Carrie Lee. The name of the song is Freedom. And the next song is going to be from Carrie Lee. And it's going to be These Walls Around Me. These are both plant prisoner songs. Check it out. They're cool. There we go. Freedom. My freedom, well, it leaves me today These last few months went warp speed, I must say If you were smart, you'd leave me and walk away Oh, babe So now I sit here and I pray Got your freedom and a heart that is filled for me, and I will not let them take it away. Well, you say we don't need it. Well, that's easy for them to say. Well, hold me tight, don't let them put me away. Freedom, babe. I told I'd be free and walk away. I lost my freedom, babe. Well, you got your freedom and a heart that is filled for me. And I will not let them take it away. Well, you say we don't need it. Well, that's easy for them to Well, hold me tight, don't let them put me away, freedom, babe. Well, you got your freedom, and a heart that is still for me, and I will not let them take it away, well, you say we don't need it. Well, that's easy for them to say Well, hold me tight Don't let them put me away Freedom,
All right, that was that was Carrie Woosley with Let Freedom Grow. Next, we're going to listen to Carrie Lou Woosley, These Walls Around Me. Check it out. I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming, or maybe just a feeling? Someone to call a friend I feel a million miles away From this life of mine Punishments from things done wrong Make you do sometimes You do what you do Thinking what you do Will pass somehow Baby, look at me now I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming? Or maybe just a feeling? With someone to call a friend. Trust me, I am lonely. My privacy is phony. I'm just waiting to feel free. I haven't begun yet to see my first sunset. When I do, can you come with me? Oh, 
right, you guys. This is Carrie Woosley's These Walls Around Me. I want to thank everybody for listening to the voices of the Cannabis War. And I say goodbye. Tony says goodbye. Adam says goodbye. And have a My mom says goodbye, too. Yeah, my mom's in here now. So um, I got Eugene calling me now. So I got to take this call, and I will talk to everyone next week. Have a good day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.